roster construction is as much art as it is skill. It can take years of practice to consistently construct profitable lineups. Mistakes will be made, successes realized, and a ton of what could have been thoughts about lineups that were close to the top. Throughout my time playing DFS, I've found that it is important to make your lineup tell a story. When you plug a player onto a roster, you should assume a ceiling game because that is what is needed to win a tournament. Similarly, when you don't roster a player, you should assume that they don't have a ceiling game. They underperform relative to what a GPP winning score would look like. If you decide to not roster a chalky play on the week, well then you should operate under the scenario that that play fails and account for the ramifications of that failure. Each week is its own puzzle to be solved. So understand how your roster is fitting in to how the slate is shaping up. It's important to keep in mind the slate dynamics when you're putting together a roster. Sometimes a lineup has to fail for another to thrive. That's how the situations were set up for. That's the scenario that you're playing for. And that's okay, like we can have lineups that fail. We're just looking for one or two lineups to really make it to a top spot. What really makes your lineup tell a story is applying if-then thinking. Like if one player goes for a huge score, then who benefits? And also, who fails? Like understand the ramifications of each play that you're putting in your lineup. And this is where correlation comes into play. And obviously correlation is important because it allows us to get multiple things right at once. So applying if-then thinking, if a QB goes for a massive game, then it's likely that his wide receiver one also went for a big game because he soaks up a lot of that production. When you apply the if-then thinking and correlate your lineups, you're improving your chances of constructing a GPP winning score because you're introducing more variance and you're, you're inching closer to, you know, that crazy outcome that is needed for your roster to take down a tournament. When I first started out, I constructed lineups that didn't even make sense. I, I wouldn't take into account everything on the slate. I would build up correlation, but not in an optimal way. I wouldn't build up enough correlation for the large field tournaments that I was entering. I also didn't gain leverage in the right ways. I would just play low-owned options because they were simply low-owned. Instead, I should have been looking for situations where I could gain direct leverage. I could gain points while my opponents were not. And I, I could have identified that had I been applying if-then thinking. And that's another thing that you can unlock with if-then thinking is direct leverage. Let's say Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf are all projected to be highly owned. We want to think about player that's going to benefit from those players failing. So if that passing game fails hard, then it's likely that most of the production came from the running game. So if those three fail, then it's likely that Chris Carson soaked up a lot of production on the ground. You can use this thinking to Discover leverage spots that will position you to jump large portions of the field. And that goes a long way when you're competing against thousands of people. So remember that whenever you're plugging a player into your lineup, you're assuming a ceiling game. 
and understand the ramifications of that player having a ceiling game. You should be building your lineups with the slate dynamics on the top of your mind. You discover sound correlation and leverage when your lineups tell a story. What makes the best DFS players is their ability to consistently create lineups that will make money over time. It's not necessarily about which players they're using, but how their lineup works together in accordance to how the slate is shaping up.